Blog Talk Radio. I wish everyone, I wish everyone, I wish everyone in here could see it. I wish everyone, I wish everyone. Yeah, get your hands. I wish everyone, I wish everyone. I gave my blood, sweat, tears. You couldn't know what I did. Now this is spiritual Stay with the fork and the pot with the cookies We whipping, we add on additional Niggas be claiming they working, they working But nigga, we just don't agree with you Don't none of these bad bitches sleep with you Ain't no real nigga gon' eat with you Everybody want a dollar Everybody want a check Nigga, that's only one future Messiah and higher than what you respect How the fuck you get my number? Hunger ass, baby, karma you ain't never knew my struggles, they would never understand I wish everyone in there could see it Yeah, my lawyers and bought a new lawyer. I know you ain't thinking I left you behind. You see what I went through to get here? You know what I can't do to be here? Everybody want a piece of me. Everybody wants a piece of fame. I wish you could feel all my mama pain. I wish everyone in there could see it. I wish everyone in there could see it.
you look bad, you feel bad, and your bedroom gymnastics just are plain done. You ain't on fleek. The best way to tap into your inner sexy is to find it with Nia Jackson. Yes, Nia is the owner and operator of PYT Studios. And listen, let's say you want to learn how to twerk. What about pole dancing? What about booty pop? What about just learning a sexy dance for his next birthday? Yes, she is here in Hoover. She will help you learn your pace, carve out that tone, sexy body that you have, while all at the same time teaching you how to be a beast in the bedroom. Contact Nia at PYTstudios.com or call her at 205-444-0066. Tell her the Empress sent you. The Empire is a place where I talk, you talk, but everybody gets to talk. It's where you can speak openly, honestly, and without worry or hesitation about being politically correct. It's your forum to discuss what matters to you and to me. Individual expressions are boring and they can create nothing but a monologue. Who wants to know all about just me? I want to know about you. So if you want to tell it like it is, The Empire is where it's going to go down. Check Facebook or my website for showtimes and days as those days and times may change. For more information, contact me at EmpressCooperDavidson at gmail.com or by my website at www.TheEmpress.com. For when the Empire speaks, the Empress listens. Hey, y'all. <laughs> oh, baby, we is on the air. We is on the air, and I'm just, I'm just, I'm excited because we have China Fox in the house, baby. China, can you hear me, honey? I just, I can't hear. I can hear you. How are you? Good evening. I am so, so excited to have you on the show tonight. And uh, first of all, you know, I've been moving my schedules around, trying to get the right night. And I said, I don't care when she says yes. We're going to cancel whatever we're going to do, and we're going to talk to China because I got so excited. And let me tell you, this show tonight is about colorism. Let me tell you how it came about. I was watching, you know, I'm bored. I was sitting here watching something on television, and it actually prompted me, of course, to get my little iPad out and go research and look up some things. And, you know, I, I, I think I thought that I was very well aware of people being aware of who they are to the rest of the world, what they look like. And I actually saw a post after um, reading an article that says that you don't even know what you look like for real. You're, you're seeing the reflection that's in a mirror, which is probably different from what other people see. So, yeah, right. I kind of got that. Right after that, I uh, picked up my um, iPad and I started watching Netflix and I watched uh, a series called Dark Girls. And it was absolutely, Ooh, first of yeah. all, I thought I was going to be able to watch, I thought I was going to be able to watch it with my nine-year-old daughter, but very early into it, I said, wait a minute, I need to wait. Let me absorb this first. Then we'll right. see if this is something for her to see. I was absolutely blown away at the differences in women, uh, the differences in perspective, uh, all under the same umbrella of of the same culture. And it, this is something that I knew, but it was something that I think a lot of people don't talk about. Shortly after that, I looked in on Facebook, and I saw your video about your mom instilling just being strong in yourself. So before we get into the discussion, let's go ahead and introduce yourself to those of us who are listening. Tell us a little bit about yourself and and what you do, Miss China Fox. Sure. 
No, no problem. First, thank you for inviting me on the show. I'm excited to, to actually have this discussion. Um, I am, my name is China. I'm from Chicago, Illinois. I live on the south side of Chicago. Um, I was raised in Harvey, Illinois, um, which is pretty much an extension of the south side of Chicago, technically a, a, <laughs> a south suburb. Um, I come from a family of, uh, well, I, I have six siblings or five other siblings altogether. Uh, my father is a reverend. My mother, uh, when she was working, was in the medical profession. Um, and I am a musician. I um, I just, I'm a person who really likes to learn, and I'm a person that really likes to talk. I um, recorded a video a couple of weeks ago that got a lot of popularity online, and so that's how people have come to know me is through that. But um, I, I just, I suppose I just have a different perspective. I, I guess I'm not afraid to speak my perspective. I think that's that's the only thing that really makes me different is to admit well, when I'm wrong, learn when I can, mm-hmm. and then talk. Mm-hmm. Well, let me ask you this. Was the video that went viral the one where you uh, had made a post? Because I saw the, the initial one that I saw besides the one who that prompted me uh, that you were speaking of, about your mom was where you were uh, I think having an aha moment or a heart moment about the 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 lack of basic necessity in your city. Um, you spoke right. about people not being able to eat. When I saw that, I I I was like, nah, I don't even know this girl, but she got my eyelashes on my chin right now because I was crying. <laughs> like, I, I, you you touched something in me that I was like, what is this about? And so then I said, oh my god, please let her have more videos. And you did. So I, I'm not shocked at that at all because I think it was the most pure uh, human part of, of, of yourself that is it, it's kind of vulnerable to put it on social media because people are so cruel. They're just, just mean. But I was moved yeah. by that. So I'm not shocked yeah, at all actually, about that. But mm-hmm. it was actually uploaded to uh, World Star Hip Hop. And that's mm-hmm. right after that. That's when it really exploded. And mm-hmm. that's something that I'm not used to. Like I said, I'm from Harvey, Illinois, and, and we're uh, most likely going to discuss this later on. I'm a very fair-skinned woman. I have green eyes. Uh-huh. Um, you know, uh-huh. I got colored hair. I'm very fair-skinned. Uh-huh. And so vulnerability was not something that could be afforded to me growing up in the hood. Uh-huh. When I looked the way that uh-huh. I did, I could not afford to be vulnerable. I could not afford to be soft. I mean, uh, uh, looking like anybody you know, in, in my the environment where I was raised, you couldn't afford to be vulnerable. So it's very ironic. Out of all of the videos that I have made in the last, I don't know, 10 years, that this is the video mm-hmm. that actually gets popularity. When I let that guard down and I allowed myself to, to honestly, that was a moment of higher understanding. That was a moment mm-hmm. where something just clicked in me and I felt it in my soul. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's what you saw is, is literally right after um, I dropped off Rose, Miss Rose, who I had met, that I re- literally recorded that right after. So it had just happened. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I'm, I'm glad that you said it because 
I think that it's a crocodoodoo when people say that they don't see color. Okay, I am an African American woman. I'm in the I'm in the cut. I'm down here in the Alabama. Okay, I'm as probably quote unquote as black as black as you can be in the United <laughs> States of America. But and I'm from Mississippi. Get this, I, I'm from Mississippi. I live in Alabama. And I stay, you know, everything that is the closest to me is here. So, you know, I'm not a, a world traveler. I love people. So in that likeness, we're uh, the same. I love to talk. But when I saw you, I, the first thing I wanted to do was to see where you were from, because I would have sworn that you may have been from Louisiana. You have a lot of the features of the Cajun female. Um, it's very what what people call mulatto, and you can see that there is, uh, uh, I don't know the right word, maybe an urban or a black cultural type of look to you. And, baby, you got style because you're heavy on fleek, boo. Like, you're very, <laughs> very, uh, you know, I, I knew you were an artist and you sang because I looked at your page, but you just have a style about you. And I think that I met you at that point that I recognize that you are my sister. But when you say, and you're able to even say that I'm a fair-skinned person from Harvey, Illinois, what what does that actually mean in the black community for you? What is the struggle that you've had with colorism? Because colorism really is just um, a, a, an aver it's not an aversion. It's really a recognition of difference that is not welcomed inside of the same race. So, uh, first, do you identify yourself as African American? And second, if so, what has that meant to you being fair skinned? As you so, there, there's a couple of things um, mm -hmm. because that question is 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 a very uh, um, that question is very thick. That question can't be very answered very simply. So I can I can start with saying that when I was a little girl, I loved to I mean, before um school age, before first grade, I remember being so excited to go to first grade and learn and be a you know, a big kid and, you know, that type of thing. I've always loved to read, I've always loved to talk, I've always learned loved to learn. And growing up, my mother's side of the family were had very, very dark skin. They were very deeply complected, deeply melanated people, beautiful people. And on my father's side of the family, we're all uh, uh, green eyes and, you know, light skin mm -hmm. and very, like you said, that very Creole look. Uh, my grandmother was from Tennessee. Great grandmother. We're all they're, they're all uh, Southern transplants, and so um, I do identify as a black woman. I do I identify as an African American woman, or for whatever that could be taken as, um, because I understand. See, like I said, I understand my position in life. I understand okay. how people see me. I understand how. Other black people see me. I understand how white people see me. So mm -hmm. to go back to how that affected me when I was younger growing up in Harvey, um, Harvey was majority black. I, I don't know the accurate statistics, but I would say 85% black, 15% Latino, Hispanic. And when I got to first grade, when I got to school, I 
swear to you, bottom of my soul, I did not know what light skinned was. I had no idea what that there was a difference between light skin and dark skin. Because my mom's side of the family was so dark and my dad's side of the family was so light, I didn't see a difference because we were all together. We were all, Uh there there was no difference. So Uh when I got to school, they made it very apparent that I looked differently than they did and that I talked differently than they did. Uh So it was just a point of, you know, I had one girl I I was wearing a, because I have really long hair, red, bright, burning red hair. This one girl cut my ponytail off because she said that I was wearing weave. And she told me to take it out, and I said it wasn't fake. So she cut my hair off, nipped the middle of my ponytail up. They said I was wearing contacts, doing all this other stuff. They they turned me into a person, because I was very sweet. I wanted to make friends with everybody. But the... The the idea of a girl being light-skinned and green eyes, she, according to them, felt that she was better than everybody. She had an attitude. She was stuck up. So they wanted me to play this role, but I was really just a naive kid that didn't know any different. Right. Now, I, ooh, I actually can identify with that. I do think that, and, and I'm trying to, um, allow an opposite train of thought to come in when when we open up <laughs> the lines, of course, so that other people can have something to say, because I think that's just, it is, it is a truth that you have to almost prove your blackness to your own people. Um, yes. But with regard to uh, others, do you think that people who were non-black, people who were uh, white, did they see you as more like them, or do you think that they just saw you as a black girl? I I think it depends. Here's, here's mm-hmm. what I had to realize, um, and, you know, I'm going to say this before I speak. Mm-hmm. I use, not only do I use my personal experiences in life, I listen, I watch and I, I I have older parents. I listen to them and their experiences. I listen to my friends' experiences. So when I when I speak for further on, it's 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 the understanding that I've come through through my community and my family. So uh-huh. what you were saying is how do I believe that I appear to people outside of my race? I know uh-huh. my position a lot of the time with people outside of my race, specifically within a workplace, any workplace that I've had, um, in school, um, uh, elementary school, high school, uh, college, um, I understand how people see me, what they think of me when I walk down the street, even. Uh, uh, I had a friend. She's still a friend. Whose grandmother told her to not go job hunting with me. I would be the one to get the job. And when my friend told me this, it it hurt me. It really did hurt me because at the time we were 16, 17 years old, and I couldn't see it from the perspective of her grandmother. I thought her grandmother was being hurtful, but her grandmother was being real. 
because when white people see me, when they hear me speak or when they see these green eyes, they see uh-huh. an acceptable black person. They see uh-huh. a black person that can, that is okay to be blended in with them with my little fair skin and my curly hair. So I do understand, and I'm not saying that's 100% with white, with white people. That's, uh-huh. that's the case. However, we live in a, a Eurocentric world where the closer to white is the closer to right. And so I, I do understand my, my uh, I call it my privilege. That's a privilege. I acknowledge that privilege. I think that it is um, noteworthy to say that, first of all, I, I don't like people who say they see gray, okay, because you ain't seeing gray. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you're not, you are not seeing great. And I also would like to, and, and I got a couple of people on hold. Don't don't hang up because I just want to get a little bit of foreground put out here. Yeah, don't hang up. Um, when people say that they see great and when they are asked to acknowledge that people have different hues. I'm not even talking race. I'm just talking, do you recognize that your skin tone, the amount of melanin in cellular uh, capacity of your skin is different than another person? Why they say, uh, I see gray and I love all people and it just doesn't matter. Have you ever uh, challenged that like in, say, a romantic relationship? Because I found that in in, in even listening to – the uh the the series on dark girls a lot of our black men a lot of our black men have accepted that very statement that you said there is a privilege that comes with having lighter skin and that their preference on some occasions are to you know get it lighter like go to the light side like you know on the on the male being a darker person and even with lighter skin men going to the lighter side. Have you ever had that experience? And if so, how did you address that? Girl. <laughs> Girl. Girl. Okay, here's one component. When, when, when people say, like, okay, I don't see race, I don't see this, I don't see that, of course you do. Of course you see race. It may not be at the forefront of your mind. It may not be something that you genuinely think about, but it's something that you see. And and this 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 acknowledgement of, of Exodus not not acknowledging a skin difference, mm-hmm. not acknowledging a tone difference, even just purely colorism, is a problem. Mm-hmm. It's a problem because mm-hmm. like like you like you were saying, in order to work through a problem, we have to admit that there is a problem. So this is something that I, I think about often that, that happens with a lot of non-black people, and, and even outside of the black community. There's not an acknowledgement that there is this problem. And within the black community, good Lord dating, help me, help me. Um, <laughs> I have been in interracial relationships, and okay. I've only, of the black men that I've dated, only one of them was of a similar complexion to me. Uh, the rest of them were darker-skinned men. Um, 
I definitely feel, uh, okay, take for instance, I was dating this guy back in January, <laughs> and it was very casual, very, you know, kind of just getting to know each other, but once I got to know him, he, he terrified me, so I, we had to, to end that, and one of the problems was, he, I genuinely felt he wanted to be with me because of my phenotype, because of how I look. Not that I look mm. good, just because I look light. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. now, here's what you know. You, have you ever heard that term? Uh, um, uh, white women are black man's kryptonite. Yes, you ever heard that? Yes, I have. I, I have. That's not true. That's not true. A white woman is not a black woman. Black man's kryptonite. Black man's kryptonite is a black girl who is still acceptable for his black family, but has white features. That's what I find a lot. I find a lot of black men that want to date me, particularly darker-skinned black men that want to date me, because I do have these very fair features, but I could still be taken home to mama. Right. I definitely recognize that. And how I work through it, don't call them back, I guess. (laughs) But I don't know. Um, I I just think I, I'm not I'm not sure how how one would would work through it. I guess this discussion is a place to start. Yeah, I think it's a great place to start, and I think this is a great place to go ahead and open up. I think we're going to call him your number one fan because he called in even before you did, boo-boo. Baby, Timothy was on the line early. I was like, oh, who is this? <laughs> Timothy, are you there? Can you hear me? Yes, ma'am. How you doing? Hi, Timothy. Okay. What's going on? How you doing, Tyler? I'm good. How are you? I'm all right. I can't complain. I can't complain at all. I just not too long ago got out of choir rehearsal. I'm tired. I just got from work at the same time. I would have really called me. Okay, Timothy, I need you to get into a quiet space because you have a lot of feedback on your phone or you're trying to hear yourself. And just for your information, the thread for this tonight's show will be on Blog Talk after the show is ended, and it will also be fed to Facebook, to Twitter, and you can find it all under the Empress Cooper. But we're talking about colorism, and I'm just going to ask, and we're kind of frank here. We're not rude here on the Empire. I just kind of ask the question. Um, and mm-hmm. whatever your response is, is your truth. And I don't damn anybody for their truth. Um, China's just cute to me. She's a beautiful girl. She wants to dummy it. Yes, I'm going to go on saying the yes, girl, she's pretty. The girl is pretty, okay? And I think yeah, that she yeah. actually can transcend more than one cultural bear. Do you think that as a male that uh, it's uh, more of an uh, of a attraction for, for men to have a woman who cannot look set in a particular uh, culture versus one who can kind of transcend. She can look black. She can look white. She can look mulatto. She can look Asian. You know what I'm saying? Do you think that that's true? And if so, why? Yeah, it's true. Um reason why I say that is because my mom is high yellow and my dad is dark skinned. And um, when I was, you know, when my mom gave birth to me, I'm the baby. You know, I have brothers and sisters. My brother's, you know, light, 
and my sisters are like brown skinned. But the only person that was lighter was my my oldest brother. And um, I kind of want to figure that out. I'm like, and every time when I see my mom when I was small, I was like I was about uh, 12 years old. I said, Mom, you white. And she was like, baby, I am not white. I am high yellow. And she used to always make me laugh. And I say, you know, how do you end up getting so light like that? Because it goes back in the generations, you know, Back, I know y'all had grandparents or great, 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 great grandparents or, you know, grandmas that back in the days. Um, because the reason why I say that because I have white people in my family, you know, and to me, let me tell you something. In my opinion, love is love, you know. It doesn't matter what race, you know what I'm saying? We all are people. We all need the same blood and... Like I said, we all people, and I can, you know, sometimes I can speak for China in a way. Um, the reason why guys kind of do that because dark-skinned girls, um, they say they have an attitude, and they don't bring out the best in them. But if you have a light-skinned person, oh. The reason why they say that because we want to date a light skinned was because we want to have light skinned children, you know, uh, and all this kind of stuff. You know, that don't make no sense. Come on now. What God gives you, you got to. Hello? I am still here. I did have to. I am still here. I'm sorry. I had to mute his phone. A lot of feedback on that line, but I just want to address something that he's already said, and I'm hoping that this uh, uh, video will play. And this is apart from the dark-skinned girls because he's speaking to there being an affinity for the lighter-skinned uh, black female or for the lighter mel- – the, the, the melanin is still there. It's just that the gravity of melanin in the cell is a different hue. It's been uh, – it's different. It, it, it's, it's still there. I mean, there is melanin in some white people. I, I want us to be clear about yeah. that, but just the gravity of yeah. how much and how dispersed it is depends on you. Now, I'm hoping this is going to play. If it, if you don't hear anything, then we'll keep going. Let's see if we'll play. No, it said it will not play. But what it is is on the dark color, on the dark girls, on, on dark-skinned girls, uh, there was a guy who said that, the the truth actually was, and this kind of made me kind of sad because it made me fall out of this group, that the blacker the berry, the sweeter the juice, that the more of a sister you are when you have melanin in your skin. Now, I don't know if you agree with that or if you if guys feel like that is the truth. We're going to go ahead and open up another line. Uh, 0946, are you there? Can you hear me? Oh, yeah, I can hear you. Okay, now we have China on the line, and I'm hoping that you've seen how beautiful she is, regardless of her skin color. But I would oh, like yeah, to yeah. say she that yeah. she, she, oh yeah, you saw the picture. You saw the, <laughs> you saw the picture. Okay, so uh, what now, about China? Go ahead, go ahead. I, I look. I, I don't look like her. I'm saying. I'm saying. I'm light skinned and my eyes are like mm-hmm. green and brown, so I can relate 100. Mm-hmm. percent I was listening. I heard, you know, majority of the show. 
And uh-huh. my perception is when I, I'll be on my black pride stuff, you know, I'll be talking and I get feedback from my from my own people I live in the same neighborhood with telling me, Why are you so black pride and you ain't even a blackest? Like you look like you need to be real like they I get feedback from the people I actually grew up with, even my friends. They dark skinned and they tell me I'm blacker I act blacker than them when I'm not. Like they treat me as I'm not black enough to be the leader of the black movement that I'm trying to start in my neighborhood. And it's like, it's racist against my own race. And, you know, the white people, they don't accept me at all. Like, I went to white schools and all that where I was labeled the outcast. And then in the black school, they accept me. But when I get on my, you know, black power, they tell me, calm that down. Calm, listen, you not that. And it's. It's crazy how the perception is. It's the light-skinned people. Yeah. It seems like you're, you're, y'all in between. Y'all don't belong on no side. Like, y'all need to just sit down right. and be quiet. Right. And sit down and like, be quiet. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, like, I, it's crazy yeah. how, how the perception is in the world, but that's, like, it's, it's programmed in society. Like, what, I don't know. What's your name? Huh? What's your name? Oh, Prophecy. What is it? Pro- prophecy. prophecy. Yeah. Prophecy. I'm yeah. Right, prophecy. I, to- I totally, uh, this is China, by the way. I totally feel exactly what you're saying. I totally, totally get it. See, another thing, a lot of people that have known me from when I was younger, they, I've always had a rebellious nature. So when people told me that I talked white or that I did this and did that, it made me take, go the exact opposite route. You know, I had a I had a moment where, you know, I used to stand out in the sun. I used to stay in the sun just to be more just to be darker. I used to you wish sound that like I me. Was, I swear you sound I understand I, But and these are the complexes that this whitewashed world has put on us. So the the the, the neighborhood where I'm from where we're supposed to all stick together because we're all in the same situation, they were turning against me. And making me feel a certain type of way and, and, and breaking up our unity. So when I got older, I, di- I didn't want to correct the way that I spoke because I was happy with who I was. I knew how to be happy with who I was. When I looked in the mirror, eventually I learned to love exactly who I was. And that's the real problem, this internalized uh-huh. self-hatred that when they yeah. see your light skin prophecy, when they see your green-brown eyes prophecy, and they look in the mirror and they see their dark pigment and they see their dark eyes, they, the hate or the negativity that they put on you is really towards For themselves. them. For them, I understand 100%. I understand 100%. And then they, like, I was the dude, I ain't going to lie, they made me hate me. Like, because my exactly. family is all dark-skinned. My, like, my father is the light-skinned one with the green eyes. He came, you know, wham, bam, thank you, man, to my mother, and I came, you know. So my whole family dark-skinned. I'm like the the black sheep. So it's like right. I felt like i got to have a dark-skinned wife to have a darker baby so he'll be accepted. Like, it was pressure on me growing up. Like, I never, every light-skinned wow. girl was like, no, get away from me. I can't have no light babies. I don't want nobody oh. to get treated like I was. And it's, 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 it's in your mind. Like, I, I really didn't that like myself growing so up. unbelievable because I've heard the exact same story we've had on the show before 
of a family. Actually, I went to nursing school with a girl who was from Louisiana, and Louisiana is a different place. I love it. I'm not talking about it. I'm kind of scary about Florida, but I really, really like Louisiana because there's just a different group of people there, and it's because there is a inbred type of thinking amongst black people still today in 2015 where some of the older persons, they kind of guide their children to keep the the skin tone pure. Like I, I've never thought that it was like something that had stuck. I thought it was probably still some of the back-in-the-day kind of activities. But, no, there are people who still feed off of trying to keep the bloodline a certain hue because it makes them fit in. And I'm so I, I'm just trying not to say a whole lot during the show. We got China here on the show. We got a new caller come, calling in. I think you've already given me your name. It's Kadav25 yep. from NYC. Are, are you calling from the New York City, baby? Yeah. yeah, you already know. Oh my goodness! Let me just. Yes, we can hear you, baby. Listen, I'm a first. Let me say this about the New York men, China. Let me tell you about the New York men. Let me tell you about them. They fine. They is fine. They have. They are fine. Let me tell you, the brothers. You know, because I, I myself, I've never dated outside my race. I'm a divorcee. I was married for ten years to a very, very beautiful chocolate black man, but. I don't know if it's some kind of aversion because that didn't work out. I'm very much moved towards caramel skin men. And so I, I've dated a couple of guys from New York in particular. And, baby, let me tell you, they mouthpiece is a fool. Like, they can talk you into doing some stuff that your mama would just be upset with you about. That's just what they do. Now, I don't know if they can perform on the other end, you know, because we didn't <laughs> take it that far. But, New York, what you got to say about this, this conversation we're talking about tonight? And what hue are you? What hue? What hue are you? Um, you could say I'm. I've been the realest that I have ever met, and uh, you can continue. <laughs> All right, first, of, first off, I'd like, to, I'd like to say hi to China. Hi, how I'm are one you? of your followers for the for the last two weeks, so your posts have been very mind boggling. You know, very interesting. <laughs> I would Thank say. You for um. All right, my thing is this, and this is something I kind of um, that kind of came to my attention the last four years, and I realized that normally a lot of the problems when it comes to the race, the skin, the complexion with black women, I'm actually starting to hear more about this from women in the South. Now, being from mm-hmm. New York, we never really had that problem. Maybe in school. And hello. I'm here. We hear you. Yeah. Yes, maybe in school you might hear a few jokes there and there about the um, complexion. But as I stepped out the state and 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 went in different areas and on location, I started seeing that that's like a really big problem. Um, mm-hmm. far as yeah. So my thing is, I have a daughter. She's twelve and she's like darker than me, her own complexion. And as she's getting older, I'm starting to see more of. Like the the light skin and dark skin war. Like she would tell me, like on her own Facebook page, and I'm asking why she got one. But on her Facebook page, she um actually um gets a lot of comments under her pictures that she posts up from people from her school, and mm-hmm. they kind of you know coming at her about her complexion. Oh, you're you're dark, you're black, you're like a little skinny stick, or you know. 
And uh, as a father, I had to deal with the the, the teach her, yeah, to teach her that it's really not it's really not about complexion, but at the same time, mm-hmm. is destroying her confidence. Um, she she came to me and asked me if she can um perm her hair, and I'm like, for what reason? Why are you going to perm your hair for? Oh, because I want my hair to look a certain way, and um. You know, and then, then she tells me every female her age is doing it. So I'm I'm a little mm-hmm. kind of like, what's going on here? <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, China's not from the South. I don't I don't think Chicago, you know, I'm bad with geography, but I, I don't think y'all are from the South because y'all don't talk like we talk down here. Well, but I'm from the South, but China, 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 address that if you would, and I'll try to address it at the end of the show. Um, if what you what advice you would give to his daughter? Because I'm I'm sure she's a beautiful young lady. I, I yeah, know she yeah, is. You know, it's kind of I try. Here's here's the thing. Here's the problem. Um, I like I said, I have old older parents, and I had old school parents, and my mom was rocking the pro back in the seventies, and she and she knew her uh power she 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 understood you know i i did i used to get relaxers when i was a teenager i got relaxers and um you know i didn't really i, I wasn't really a girly girl so i didn't really mess with my hair too much yeah. but uh my hair was i think it was mainly it was just something it was easier uh at the time but i think how, how you said your daughter is twelve? Yes. It's really hard being a twelve-year-old girl, period, and being a twelve-year-old black girl. On top of that, because your body is changing, your mind is changing. She needs to see something that represents the beauty that she is. She needs to see someone who she feels is absolutely beautiful. In in all of her inequities, that just looks looks like her and is beautiful. Can I and say this? I think I play a part too as her decision as well because I'm a photographer and I've been doing this for like eight years. In the beginning, as me doing photography work, I actually did shoot a lot of lighter females. So uh, I think yeah. So I kind of feel at the at this point in my life now, I feel like I play a big part of me. You know taking photos of these females in this in this um skin complexion and she's looking at it as well if my daddy's seen as that's accepted, you know, maybe that's something uh-huh. that I yeah. So have you ever taken photos of her? Yeah yeah and no. I say no because I don't want her to dive into the modeling world. <laughs> Not not yet, not yet, not yet. I don't want her to, not, not, to focus on that. Not necessarily modeling world. She's a little diva. To... She's a little diva. <laughs> then she then she should realize the power of a pro. So you're saying her hair is natural as it is right now? Is um hope so. Yeah, the last time I checked. <laughs> Does she typically wear? See, see, my thing was when I first started embracing my natural hair was I when I when I wore it natural and I realized how wild and free and unapologetically me I was for for what grew out of my head. I was able to understand that this is just how it was. This is how it was, and this is how it's going to be. And if I upset you, then that means I'm probably doing something right. So, baby, she, she, let me tell you something. That is, you hit it. Uh, I, I wish I had my little button that just said, yeah, that's it. 
because I had one and I deleted it. But I'm going to say this to Mr. Kadav, 25, uh, New York City. Please uh, get your information to China or to me because we want to have more conversations with you. But I'm going to say this. I am um, a hair fanatic. Like I'm a little bit addicted to it, and I will buy it like I buy bread. I buy hair, eyelashes, and bread. I mean, that's just what I, I mean. I do it. And it's because it's a choice. But about three years ago, I decided to just go natural. And it was by mistake, really, because you can get your hair sewn in as a black woman better with your hair in its natural state. Took out my hair and picked out this beautiful afro. And, baby, I was feeling myself. Now, I have a nine-year-old daughter. And she saw that afro and was was smitten. She wanted to go get her hair just like that. And it was because I embraced that afro. Yes. I mean, I didn't really, I mean, I actually will admit that I feel sexier with long hair just because I'm kinky like that. But it, I liked how I looked. And then I was so to myself, just like you just said, China, I felt so who I was. I felt, and, and I, I have to say, I felt even more black. I felt more mm. black because I, too, have had to explain that I don't have to be the color of charcoal because white people see me just like Asian people see me, just like other brothers and yep. sisters see me as a black hey. female. I just happen to have a right. lighter hue. Is that not true? Mm. I absolutely believe I believe that's true. I, well, honestly, I don't, I, I don't feel like... Okay, okay. Let me just say this. I'm trying to put this in a in a in a way that can be best understood. Okay. When I, I said this in one of my videos, a white person, especially a white person with some sort of bigotry or racism in their heart, when they see me. And they see a dark skin, dark hair, dark eyed girl walking down the street. They see, uh-huh. they still see two N word girls walking down the street. Uh-huh. That's what they uh-huh. see. Okay. And on the flip side, when it comes to uh, uh, black people, if I have to answer one more time, if somebody asks me one more freaking time, what are you mixed with? I might have, I might blow my top. I might snap, crack on top. Because it almost seems like, okay, you've seen, you've seen some of my pictures. You see that I wear different hair. I will wear a blonde wig in a heartbeat. I will wear a blonde afro or a, a different types of wigs. Um, because I want to keep my natural intact and I still want to have fun or, or you know, just be weird, <laughs> but uh-huh. Uh-huh. we give so much credit to white folks in that uh-huh. only white people can be blonde. Only uh-huh. white people can have long hair. And, and that seems to be the problem with with wearing those, those hair pieces and, 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 you know what I'm saying, wearing wigs, like you were talking uh-huh. about earlier. Why do we give uh-huh. so much credit to white folks? I know my aunt was platinum blonde hair. She had Platinum uh-huh. blonde hair. My niece has blonde uh-huh. hair and blue eyes, uh-huh. and and I dare somebody to discredit her as a black girl. Uh-huh. So I, I don't know. And I, I think, think I think. 
I think you said something earlier in the show uh, when you were saying you were in school and you almost had to grow this defensiveness for your uh, truth of being a black woman just because you had some attributes that you had nothing, like you had nothing to do with what color your skin was. You had nothing to do with what color your eyes, what grew in your head, in your mama's belly. You had nothing to do with that. So that's a world of difference of people who decide that they want to change who they are to make themselves be different. 7110, are you there and can you hear me? Uh, yes, I'm here. Hi, and I would love. Hey, China is on the on the line with us, and we're talking about colorism. And so far, I think we've almost made the point that colorism is something that is probably mostly an issue inside of the community of the people who are complaining, which are the black folks. Like I'm black, uh, uh, and I don't have to start cussing and dropping f bombs, and I don't have to twerk my neck to the side when I'm talking. Even though I do, I just got so much mouth I, that just happens, like in my personality. But one of the guys earlier said attitude. Like dark skinned girls have an attitude. I know some bitches that is almost the color of a sheet of paper. Okay, attitude is something we all have. What What, what do you have to say? Seven one one zero. What do you have to say about this colorism issue? I think it's something that deeply affects our communities and is really sad. And I think it goes back to the time where we were prisoners of wars and, you know, they would separate light-skinned or treat light-skinned people dark. And I think that may have affected our communities in the long run. And, yes, it is a problem. It shouldn't be that way. Um, I don't I follow um, China Fox on Facebook. I'm not sure if she knows me. She probably has, like, a big selection. But um, <laughs> I'm Renee Henry on Facebook. And, um, yeah, it's a big problem in our community. It's really sad that people think, oh, because you're light-skinned, you have a privilege, or because you're dark-skinned, you're just some hood rat from the ghetto with all of these kids. And I think it's just wrong. We're, we're the same. I do, too. I do, too. It's, Let me tell you, I was picking up my babies from school today, ran into a very, very beautiful girl. I, I see her all the time, and she just makes me just, like, really want to be her in ways because she just exudes this African princess, African queen, Nubian goddess kind of deal because she's got brown skin with this silky, beautiful hair that is natural. I can tell that it's natural because, you know, I, I know natural hair when I see it. And it's like I buy that kind of hair. That's one I want to say, girl, that's one B on the top aisle at the town store down, <laughs> down the street. Like, I know that that's your hair growing out your head because I see how it's laying to the side and it's not really tacked in there. That's just who you are. But she, yeah. and we had an exchange just because of our children and she about me. I told her about the show tonight, and she said, what? I never would have thought you would even think that way of me because you're so beautiful. Look at you. And I was like, girl, I can see my own tracks because I did the front of my head last night, and it's messed up. What are you talking about? And it was totally about my skin. It was totally about my skin tone. And I was just like, why are we still on that? Do you really think that there is a privilege? I mean, I 
mean, I need some examples because I don't know that there's a true privilege other than us using or manipulating people into thinking that they get something extra. But uh, I've even heard that guys say, you know, dark-skinned girls have an attitude, light-skinned girls are a little bit high-budgeted. Like, then you have to do some extra stuff for them that you don't have to do for dark-skinned mm-hmm. girls. And I'm just trying to wonder what they're talking about. 7110, if you can answer that, and then China, if you can chime in behind that, and then we'll uh, go from there. I think, I think it's a problem in our community, maybe because this whole system, the way it's set up, you know, forcing people to think a certain way, they may feel like, oh, well, she got the job because she's light-skinned, and even though she's not white, she her skin fits more perfectly than a darker-skinned girl. Or, oh, guys like the light-skinned girl because her eyes are wide and her skin is really light and she has good hair and she's not the dark-skinned girl. I guess that's where all of that stuff comes from. And if you if you don't train your mind to think a certain way, that's all you're going to see, but... There's plenty of beautiful black sisters of all shades going with black men, and they don't believe in those stereotypes. I just think it's it's this system. It has people thinking mentally ill things that shouldn't even be. We're all the same in our community. We're all the same. It shouldn't matter, light skin, dark skin, brown skin. You're still a black woman. You're still going to face the same struggles that the, this system has set up for us. Hmm. China, you have something to say to that? Um, I, I'm sitting here thinking I absolutely wholeheartedly agree with her. Um, mm-hmm. and, and then I, I, I kind of wonder if, and this goes back to the fellow that called and was talking about his 12-year-old daughter, is it because that's how that the light and the Eurocentric is put onto us, or is it because we how we feel about ourselves? And I kind of think it's a little bit of both. I think we feel a certain way about our hair that we feel the need to hide it. I wore, uh, every time I wear my natural hair to my day job, I get asked, what's wrong with your hair? And I say, what's wrong with your eyes? There's nothing wrong with my hair. It's how... I feel comfortable in me, and I think that's what makes people attracted to me. And I'm not even talking romantically. I'm just talking about people is because I'm comfortable with what, like you said, I didn't have no choice with what grows out of my head, and I don't have any, and there's no chance to change it. So is it that that we're not seen as attractive because we don't take pride in ourselves? That's what I want to know. Yeah, I want to know that, too. And when we come back, we got a couple more callers on the line. Please hold on just a few commercials so that I can – I ain't paying no bills because I'm paying for this. You know, that's my attitude. (laughs) It ain't got nothing to do with me being black. I'm just telling the truth that that's how that goes. We'll be right back. Listen, have you been right at the point of ready? Perfect shoes, perfect dress, perfect hair, perfect makeup, and you look a fool. Well, we're going to stop all that right now. Kevin Foster is the person for you. Aside from him being able to travel to you, being known for his white tape series, he offers a unique experience very, very inexpensive. It'll be worth the money that you spend. Prices start at $125. If you would like an appointment with Kevin, call 770-407-9025 to set an appointment. Tell him that the Empress sent you. 
Facebook, Instagram, Facebook, or on KFOS Photography. Tell them the Empress sent you. Are you tired? Are you sick and tired? Are you just plain done? Well, that's where I am, and we're going to change things. Here on The Empire, we change by informing, organizing, and doing things that really make a difference. If you have an organization or a program that is for the betterment of the human experience, that's where we're going to start. To be a part of this movement, please contact me. I am The Empress Cooper on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Or email me at EmpressCooperDavison at gmail.com. Or just hit me up on my website, www.TheEmpress.com, where The Empress Speaks and The Empire Listens. Listen, I know... Listen. Listen, listen, listen. <laughs> First of all, I'm black, and we don't, we're not the only ones with attitudes. Hell, animals have attitudes. Mess with them for a while, and they'll have an attitude. Uh, I, I want to go to a different portion of this discussion because I think we've kind of understood. You know, black people got a problem with black people. We have a problem with each other, and I think yeah. we need to focus there because, you know, I don't remember, I don't, I know that there's never been a white girl, Chinese girl, uh, Filipino, anybody else that has questioned me or told me to question myself and my beauty. It's always the, the black girl. The, the, yes. the dark-skinned black girl, the light-skinned black girl, the girl with the long hair that grows from her scalp, or the girls who get the hair flown in FedEx just like I do. You know, it's the, it's the same attitude, and it comes from ourselves. I think that it is an internal issue. I also think that in order for us to really be for real, it's very, very superficial because the truth of the matter is, is if we're trying, it women, if we're trying to do anything to attract men, look at what the media is saying, look at what the trend is, and um, look at what the white girls are doing. Maybe they is sucking on jaws to make their lips full like us. They are buying hair when they got hair already growing down their necks moving, but they got the little mm-hmm. thing that you can just flip on your hair like a cap. I, I really want to buy one. I really do because that means that I don't have to sit in the chair too long, but I know it ain't going to be for me. Uh, we've got the black we got the black booty. We've always had the black hourglass figure. We've always been shaped like a hourglass, period. And now we got the white girls and the Asian girls and the other girls going to make themselves more like us. And it has nothing to do with the color of your skin for them. They're emulating us in a way, and I think that speaks to something. China, do, have you ever been um, told by uh someone inside of your race that you're trying to be white or or oh. was it just you're just not black enough like you're tr- I'm, okay. you're trying to be white let, let, let me um let, okay this this goes back to what you just said is there is an internalized unrealized self hatred the fact that I the reason why I speak the way that I speak is because this is how I was taught to and enunciate and pronounce my words. When I speak Italian, I speak like Italian. When I speak French, I speak like the French speak. I communicate. That's what I love. I love languages, and I love learning those languages. So when somebody tells me, they used to tell me that I used to act white because I used to read. Do you know how sad that is? 
You know how mm-hmm. fucking that is so that is heartbreaking to me because I I would study and I would literally this has happened. I'm sure this has happened to people of all different complexions because of the way I speak. Because I was on the speech team, because I did the announcements at my school, those were the reasons why I was white. And, yeah, I did listen to rock and roll, but we so, excuse my language, but we so damn ignorant. We are so ignorant as a people. We don't understand that rock and roll is black music. But I'm listening to rock and roll, but I'm trying to be white. This, and this, I'm going to take this a step further to something else. I was, especially as a teenager, I was into rock and roll. I loved metal music. I loved all of that. And that foundation is black music, absolutely. Mm -hmm. But we unfortunately don't know our history. And now Mm -hmm. we have people, white people, being inspired by this black music. But because they're white, it takes on to the general population more. So Elvis was not the, he's not the king of rock and roll. Hell no. No, absolutely not. And it also coincides with what you just said. We have these white and Asian women taking on black characteristics. I, t- I, I recorded a video about a month ago about this picture of Kylie Jenner going around where she had inflated her lips and she did this photo shoot where she had this so-called bronze look in which she was darker than me. And she has this bronze look with these fake plump lips. And um, a magazine article says that 2014 was the year of butt because of Kim Kardashian. And 2015 is the year of lips because of Kylie Jenner. These white women, and I hate to break it to Uh, y'all, Kim Kardashian is a white woman. Okay? Uh Sorry. Uh She's, she's, her, her people are of, from the caucus region. That's where we get Caucasian from, white. Mm-hmm. Anyway, they take on these black characteristics. They take on the skin. They go tanning. They get these fake butts. They plump their lips. They get these high cheekbones. They do all of these things to have these beautiful characteristics of black women, but yet still in mainstream media, black women are demonized, and these white women who steal our features are praised. Now, tell me what the problem really is. Tell me what the problem yep. really is. So now, yep, we now, got another caller. Okay. I'm I'm sorry, sweetie. We got another caller, and I'm sure that they want to talk to you because you, you're making me write too fast because I'm trying to take notes <laughs> on everything that you're saying because I always am inspired by what, what people say. I mean, this whole show came together because of what you say so purely and so honestly. And like I said, it is a place of vulnerability when you put the truth out there. And the truth doesn't really need help. It just needs exposure a lot of the times. And you're speaking nothing but the truth. We had the first booties. We had the first lips. Not the first lips. We had the first plumpness of everything. And now it's celebrated yep. and it's being given. That is being given away. 7280, yep. do you have something to say to our girl, China Fox, who is laying it down by colorism tonight? <laughs> Last four digits of your phone number, 7280. Oh, I'm sorry. That's me. My name is Celeste. That's you, honey. Hi. (laughs) Hello. I'm from Columbus, Georgia, and I've been listening 
to this conversation, and and you've been, you all have been pinpointing exactly the problems. A lot of these problems occur within our race because of low self-esteem, being excluded from the mainstream, and being, I guess, downtrodden over the years. This comes from slavery, mostly, I believe, where yeah. they the psychology of dividing you in every possible way they can to keep you divided. But I think that problems exist in all races and cultures. I've dated Takasoid, Mongoloid, and Negroid, and I find them to all have insecurities. We all have that, and sometimes it's because of they've been excluded. Sometimes it's because of the lack of wealth. Sometimes it's because of the lack of knowledge, you know, to be poorly educated. You know, it, I think we all have problems. And I think the key is to admit that we have problems and realize that uh, we need to be able to bring people along with us as opposed to criticizing what they do. I tried, you know, for, I guess, 25 years. I was a counselor. Uh, my degree was in counseling and human development, my advanced degree, and I did counseling for drug, alcohol, marriage and family, adolescence, and my last 20 years I worked with people with developmental disabilities. So I've worked with people the majority of my life, and I realized that we all have deficits, and Mm -hmm. black folks and folks of color have more deficits because of what they've been exposed to or lack of. Baby, and I just want to see, see you hit a key, a key right there. I need you to say that because I'm going to say it at the end and I'm going to say it in a way that's just probably ignorant. But you just said that black people have a reason and an explanation as to why our esteem is so low, and it's because of what again? Oh, the lack of exposure and what we've been exposed to, the detrimental behavior to display from white folks towards us, to keep us downtrodden, to keep to, so they can have a privilege over us. And that privilege is just provided for by skin color, nothing else. They had to legitimize slavery. And the, the church helped them, helped them do it, the Catholic Church. So, uh, you know, we've gone through a whole lot that a whole lot of other races and cultures haven't. And that is the truth. Okay, China, let me tell you, uh, you said earlier that your mom was instrumental in helping you form a very solid identity for yourself. I think that some persons may have crumbled under the exposure. Even our, our, our brother from New York was saying that his daughter has already met that type of uh, possible questioning of herself when she just is being who she is. She's at a point of trying to learn who she is. And our brother here is speaking about grown-ass adults who still yep. have decided to allow other people to dictate, even though we've been hurting. How, how, what do you say now? Um, when when you're confronted. And I know you're very eloquent. I mean, I love the way that you are just so sweet with the way that you say things. But I know sometimes you be wanting, I know you got to want to go off sometimes and just, I ain't going to oh. say you're black. I'm just saying sometimes you, some people are probably rude by, by coming at you at, at, at sideways about what you are, like who, what your skin 
skin tone is, not who you are or what you are, what your skin tone is. What, what do you say to them now? Well, first, I was very fortunate. Like I said, I come from Harvey, Illinois, and I'm very fortunate to have a two-parent home in which I was loved and nurtured. I never had to go outside to find acceptance from men because I had my father, I had my brothers. I never had to go and see uh, to, to figure out how to be a woman because I had my mother. She went to work every day, and she instilled in me to be unapologetically me. I understood why I looked the way that I did. I understood my, I saw my grandparents, my great-grandparents. I knew my lineage, my history. I was taught. I was talked to. People wanted me to understand. My family, I was raised in a family unit. And that is another big important factor that we are lacking in the black community. We have no more sense of community or family. We've lost that. We've become too individualistic, and we have too many ignorant people that are individualistic trying to raise children. I definitely give my mother credit, 100% credit, for creating who I am today. In her time, it was a time of you are seen and not heard. You don't speak. You are a woman. You be quiet. You go along with the flow. You get married at 19 years old. You have yourself some babies. You work and you die. That's it. And when she she saw something greater in me, she allowed me to ask questions. She allowed me to explore life and experiment and, and go, you know, and, and always had my back to this day. She still has my back. So, when I look out and I see, like, um, even some acquaintances or friends that I've had, when I see, I understand their struggles because they didn't have that. They didn't have that foundation right. of acceptance and actual unconditional love within a family unit. I'm not saying my family unit was perfect because, we, uh-huh. you know, we went through some stuff that a lot of the community went through. However, uh-huh. it was established that to to teach their children. There's not a lot of teaching. And when I met that, when I posted that original video, I was um, talking to a friend of mine, James, and he came up with this, you know, we were just joking around, and he came up with uh, Bohu, Beings of Higher Understanding. And when I posted that video, I, I'm, I, I, I was inspired to create a nonprofit called Beings of Higher Understanding because what we're lacking in this black community, uh, uh, let's look past skin color. Let's, let's, let's not even say, let's say we are gray. Even if we were gray, we would still have the same problems. We would still have the same problems because we're lacking in knowledge and we're lacking in food. We're lacking in proper nutrition and we're lacking in proper education. So I think when you're right, when when it's the truth, you can't help but just acknowledge it. And if you don't want to acknowledge it, then that's fine. But let's not pretend like I don't know no better. 7013, are you there? Can you hear me? Yes, good evening. Hi. And how do you have a question for China? Or would you like to add something to our conversation tonight? Um. I guess one question that I would have would be a lot of our youth today, um, I've been hearing about a lot of people saying about how their parents instilled 
that pride in them and those different things, what would you teach our youth today that aren't being taught about how uh, beautiful they are? Because uh, no matter the utopia we want to think of, we're not gray, we're black. So how do you teach little little black kids that you are beautiful in a generation where, for me, for uh, example, I worked in pharmacy for a long time. The number one product we had was skin bleaching cream. People came in there all the time to get the skin bleaching cream, skin lightener. So how do you teach this to a generation in which it's not even being taught? Um, First, I would say um, I have a, and I hope she forgives me for talking about her, I had a an 18-year-old niece who is so beautiful to me. She is absolutely beautiful. And she is starting to come into the acceptance of herself because no matter what I did, no matter what I said to her, and because we're kind of, you know, we're so close in age, maybe she she wasn't receptive to what I was saying. It took doing it. It took standing in my truth, showing her how to live, showing her who to be by doing it myself for her to accept the beauty that is her hair. She's been wearing her natural hair. And she didn't understand how gorgeous it was. She thought her hair was different than mine. And no, it's the same hair. Maybe it's a a slightly different texture, but it's still beautiful. We have to lead by example. If you know better, do better. And then pull up the ones that don't know any better. Another, Another thing I've noticed is we're so busy focusing on social media. Baltimore is burning, and Baltimore is not just burning uh, um, uh, because of of Freddie Gray. Baltimore has been burning for a long time, for many, many years, and and that torch has been lit. But we are so focused on things that don't matter. We're focused on love and hip-hop. We focus on on the, the Kim and Kanye's relationship. We focus on all these things from people who are disconnected from us who are profiting off of our misery. We need to get away from that focus. And and it's a hands-on thing, and we have to do it together. I posted a video recently, and uh, I think yesterday or the day before, about people focusing on what's Uh anti-black. And I'm not a traditional person. I'm not a traditional woman. I believe whatever role that you fit in the society no matter what that means, and you are doing positive and you're not harming anyone, you need to live your life how you live it. However, Uh what's anti-black is having children and not raising them because social Uh media is doing it for us. Love and hip-hop is doing it for us. That's, That's another big problem we're having. We're allowing the television to raise our babies. Yes. That is true. That is true. And I think that there also is some truth to say that um, that I think we're well past the excuse of there not being a father. And and I'm not going to say excuse. I'm going to say we cannot use as an excuse the fact that there are homes where there aren't two parents. We cannot use the excuse that uh, you didn't grow up uh, a certain way because actually 
most people are dysfunctional in the way that they were raised, according mm-hmm. to just like standards. Like there's no, no, ain't no normal people. You know, there are yeah. no normal people because everybody has issues. But for some reason, some people are able to perform a little bit in a different standard. You have to at least want it to start with. And I think that, you know, yeah. you can turn off your TV all you want. Do you know that most children see their parents about 10% of their day awake? You know, we do get to sleep in the same house with them, but the majority of their experience is with other people. So you can, you can, you can mute out your entire home environment and still have the influence of what everybody else is doing. It's, this is no different than embracing um, anything else that you can't change about yourself. You know, everybody yeah. got that crazy uncle. Everybody got a crazy uncle <laughs> that they lock away in the room because he going to cut the book if you let him out. But we're not going to act like he's not there. We're still going to feed him. We're still going to give things to him. If he wants to come out, we just give him the rules. It's the same thing with this issue. There are ch- this. We had a, uh, Mr. Uh, New York, you're still there. Everybody's still on the line, and I'm going to open up your lines in just a little bit. But there is no reason why we can't reinforce this too, but we children watch what we do. They don't care mm-hmm. what we say. You know, we can we can preach yes. all want to black power. Yes. I love my people, but then as soon as ah. Shaquita look at me wrong, I'm I'm wilding out and I'm beating her ass in the Waffle House because she looking at my man wrong. You can't tell mm-hmm. that child not to fight. You cannot tell that child not to fight if you're not being the example of what you say. So first, we got to believe yes. what we say, because you know there are a, there was an influx at a point of being natural. You know, um, it was before Mary Jane. It was before uh, the shows that we've seen where there are black women who are beautiful brown women, which is exciting to me. Um, they were darker than Claire Hustable, okay, darker than uh, uh, you know any Lisa Bonet. You know, all of the token light-skinned women that represent the culture that is acceptable. And Lord forbid if Barack had been dark-skinned, I don't know if we would have made it. We probably would have been in World War Five <laughs> by now. Because I don't think that it has a lot to do with the content of people, as we would love to say. It's about your skin color. And if we can't get over it, how are we going to ask our kids to get over it? How, I mean, mm-hmm. there's, I'm telling you all, if you have not seen The Dark Girls, documentary. It is on Netflix, but I think you can probably get it on YouTube because it's not, it's about a, an hour long, and I know that you can, you know, upload stuff on there. There are actually um, children, they did a study, um, and actually I think it was probably about six years ago, the same study that they did back in the 1940s, asking the children simply by a picture who the good child was and who the bad child was, who's the beautiful child, and who's the ugly child. And it was totally based on color. And the most beautiful black little girl in this documentary did not want to say. She didn't even want to say that she was black. You know, and and black to a child of that age really literally does mean black. Because my daughter, 
who's nine didn't know she was black until she was in the third grade. She did not know because it was not an issue that I thought I needed to address, but I knew because of where we live and I knew because of the environment and I knew because of the exposure that I would have to answer that question at some point. But she, I, baby, we black. We're black. We come in lots of different hues. It's beautiful hues. We're about the most rainbowest. That's not a word. We are the most multifaceted in color and hue of any other people on the earth. And let me shut up and let me get the last caller in before we uh, end with China. Um, 6260, have you been on the on the line listening to us talk about color? Or are you just getting on? Or do you have a question for China Fox, baby? <laughs> <laughs> I actually just called in like 30 seconds, about 30 seconds ago, actually, just trying to uh, get informed. Okay. And- some dialogue. Well, let me let me just cl- I'm, I'm gonna click you up right now. Let's get him, China. Okay, you're a black. Are you a black male? Are of you a course. black male? Of course. Okay. What would you say your skin tone is? Um, I would say kind of dark brown, I guess. Okay, so are you like a a a a, a grain a grain muffin brown or a paper bag brown, or you're more like a black coffee, a uh, black coffee? I would say probably more like just a shade beyond just before black coffee. Mm, hey, mm. we're talking snicker bar, baby. We're talking about the snicker bar. Okay, so have you? Do you know my girl China? Have you have you seen my girl? Cause see, all my friends is cute. Okay, all I don't have ugly friends. I, and and I say that lightly because some people think I'm talking about skin tone, hair color, shape, and all that. Because right. I'm a size 18 and I'm fine as hell. I don't care what nobody say. I'm 18 and I'm fine. But my girl is like she's she's picturesque. She is like modelless. I mean, have you seen her, Mister Dark Brown Coffee? Uh, yeah, I actually have seen her, and, and I think the first time that I caught uh, Miss China was on her video where she was kind of venting about, you know, I think it was uh, a moment where she kind of like saw someone that was homeless or something like that, and that video came out mm-hmm. probably about a week or a couple of weeks ago, I think it was. I'm not sure exactly mm-hmm. when I saw it. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. just hearing her words and her compassion for our people, that actually threw me into, like, wanting to get to know her more. I was like, wow, this is, she's actually, you know, feeling some stuff. So I was like, you know, let me dig a little bit deeper. And the deeper I dug, seemed like the more beautiful she got. So I was like, wow, okay, she's Baby, I wouldn't have been able to script this. Baby, if we ever go live, I'm gonna try to re I'm gonna try to redo this show because he spoke he spoke to everything of truth of person, of humanity. He ain't said nothing about how fine you was. He ain't said nothing about your right. He said he decided he heard the truth in you and he decided to dig a little bit deeper. Now just let's be one hundred on this. Wow. That's how we get one hundred at the end of the show. Now China right. was exactly that's what I saw. That's what I heard. I could have closed my eyes and she couldn't she could have been bald headed with no teeth and that was just right. the truth. But I right. happened to see her. I, I, I happened to see her and she's absolutely beautiful. Do you actually function in your life with regard to relationships with your brothers and sisters of color that way? Absolutely. Absolutely. You do. As a matter of fact, that's how I met my queen that I'm actually gonna be marrying in less than thirty days. 
So uh, <laughs> Thank you, thank you. We will actually um go ahead. No, I, I just wanna I just wanna know who you are because I wanna celebrate the wedding because you know they say black men don't get married. They say black men don't live in the house with their children. You know, they say that black men don't like black women. Uh, they say different things about us that is absolutely not true. So I was just excited for a little moment. Oh, thank you. <laughs> if you actually want to yeah. follow us, we are we are on Facebook. Mine's name K P Jones. You'll see her on that picture mm-hmm. with me. She's a beautiful, beautiful woman, and inside and out. And um, on the facet of black men not being in the home with their kids, I'm a living testimony to that being a false media propagandized lie because of the fact that I have eight older brothers, all happily wow. married, beautiful black women, all proud fathers wow. that are living in the home. Oh, hey. See? See? So. <laughs> I'm trying to tell so. you, they is out, baby, they is out there. They out there. Oh, I'm so glad I can Absolutely. say hallelujah. But Absolutely. some people some people don't believe in Jesus, and that's fine. But um, tell us tell us one, one thing. Tell us one thing that you as a black brother about to marry a black sister, uh, and before I say that, let me let me tell you. I I, I saw you know I I follow different news sto- uh, stories, and I happen to love radio, which is why I have a show here. But I was looking at the Breakfast Breakfast Club, and I I actually reposted that on Facebook just to get some reaction. And this particular dark skinned black brother says that his preference is not uh, black women. You know, he prefers oh, yeah. to not have black women, but he did give he did give props to his quote unquote his baby mama that he gonna that love forever because she got pregnant. <laughs> I know exactly you you know. I know, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. You're talking about Charlemagne the God dad brother is he oh. is a sellout. He's been a sellout for many years. And the reason I said it because what grown African proud black man that you know is gonna bleach his skin. For any and he reason. absolutely bleached his skin. That's what he, that he bleached his skin. I mean, you can look at you can look at pictures when he first came out to now. This brother almost looks oh, like he God. went from he's got a Michael Jackson thing going on right now. So I mean, no Are disrespect to him, no disrespect to him and his game or what he's doing, making money, this that and the other. But personally, I think he's doing that mm-hmm. to kind of boost the ratings of his talk show because of the fact that he's slipping right now. So in that game, you got to you got to stay on top by any means necessary. Kind of like Floyd Mayweather does all his arrogant poses with his money, this and the other. You got to stay in the limelight. You got to because if you're not, then you're not making money for those um, the Jewish elite people that are pushing you out there to make money. So if you stop making money for them, then they're gonna take you off. The, they're gonna take you off the table. So he's doing whatever he has to by any means necessary, allowing the Jewish media to pimp him so they can keep making money off of it. So by him coming out saying, oh, I love white women, this, that, and the other, he, mm-hmm. part of him may do, he may do like white women, but on a large scale, if you take him off that platform, I guarantee you he'll come home mm-hmm. to the sisters. Maybe, and you yeah, know what we're going to do? We're going to send, him, gonna send his ass back. Yeah, we're sending his <laughs> ass back. We don't want him. Yeah, we do not want him. <laughs> we, you know, stay back over there where you was because let me tell you something. I did, I did a show not too long ago about, you know, 
it, we were supposed to be talking about Mayweather, but um, we were we ended up talking about the 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 black woman never having left her place with regard to the black man. I know that we haven't been the most supportive with regard to, uh, you know, your struggle, and I don't think we really understood their struggle, but as far as us as a mass of women, we haven't gone anywhere. Like, we still want our black men. I don't care what they put on Red Book, what they put out in the media, what little studies yeah. they show. If you want to get married, you're going to have to get you a white man. Damn that! I'm going to get me a black man, and that's just how it's going to go. That's just my preference. I don't, I don't think it's wrong for people to have other preferences. I just decide that I like what I like, and that and that's what I like. Chata, tell us how we can reach you on any social feeds, anything that you got going on before we end the show, because all of these people love you. Baby, NYC, we got calls all the way from the NYC for Chata Fox, baby. <laughs> Thank you. First, I would like to say, though, um, not only do we want our black men, we need them. And we need to know that we're yes. loved by them. Um, yes. So also, um, you can reach me on Facebook, China Fox, C-H-Y-N-A-F-O-X. Um, pretty much everything, China Fox, on Twitter, on Instagram, I'm China Fox Music, one word. Uh, my email address is China Fox, C-H-Y-N-A-F-O-X, one word, at gmail.com. Um, yeah. And I'm also in a band called Groove Dynasty. I'm working. I'm in a band with my father, um, Sam Savage and Company. Mm. We're working. So you can check me out through those avenues. Thank you so much. Listen, we're going to take one little commercial break, and this is how we do it on the Empire. I, I, I'm not going to say I'm going ham. I'm not going to even say I'm going black. I'm just going to say that there are a few things that I would like to say say, you know, in my own little way, everybody's got an opinion, and I just so happen to get Are you tired? Are you sick and tired? Are you just plain done? Well, that's where I am, and we're going to change things. Here on The Empire, we change by informing, organizing, and doing things that really make a difference. If you have an organization or a program that is for the betterment of the human experience, that's where we're going to start. To be a part of this movement, please contact me. I am the Empress Cooper on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Or email me at EmpressCooperDavison at gmail.com. Or just hit me up on my website, www.TheEmpress.com, where the Empress speaks and the Empire listens. Listen, I know that change won't just happen overnight. But nobody's going to change this but us. Listen, okay, I, I got to say this, and I, I have enjoyed myself. So excited that China decided to do the show with us. And I want you to know, China, that you are welcome anytime, anytime you need a platform. I'm here for you. This is what I do. I am just the uh, facilitator of sorts. I got a big old mouth, like a lot of people got to get a big old mouth, and I just don't see why people who have better mouthpieces and better platforms can't be introduced in a way that is great. But of course, I got an opinion. And we're talking about colorism. And I think that we've gotten to some basic truths. Colorism is an issue inside of our race. Okay. I don't care how you bleach your skin. I don't care how you plump your butt. I don't care how many titties you put on your chest. I don't care what you do to yourself. You really do. You got what you got, okay? If you're born fair-skinned, 
you're pretty much fair skinned. I don't care how much makeup you put on. I don't care how many spray tans you get. You know, if I see one more white woman that turns from being lily white to a grapefruit by the time they get to work next Monday, it just it enrages me that you can't embrace where you are. Now, I'm not going to act like I don't enhance myself, okay? This number 4B that I got in my head right now, it's not growing out of my scalp. I have black hair. I actually have a twin sister who looks more Caucasian than I do. But I'm not even going to try to be her because I am not her. The most unique thing about each one of us is that we are unique. And when you embrace that, you can be something nobody else can be. But see, what we do in fault is we decide or we have been told or we have been reared, we have been Jim Crowed into believing that the more like the mainstream we are, the more accepted we will be. But the truth is, the more like mainstream you are or the more mainstream you become, the more like everybody else you become, the more likely you're going to look like everybody else and, and ain't nobody going to care just like they don't care about anybody right now. It's interesting to me that Chinese women um, have a cultural belief that the whiter their skin, not just Caucasian, them I like a sheet of paper. If they can get their skin that white in their country, they're extensive. But once they come here to our country, the more Caucasian they look, the more acceptable. I'm going to just ask you to do this. And if you don't believe me, you ain't got to believe me. I don't do studies because I don't have time. I'm out of school. I got all the degrees I need. If you go and you see a white, a black woman who is trying to be a black woman, then you got a hurt woman. If you see a Chinese woman trying to be a white woman, um, her hair is probably going to be auburn red. If it's not streaked with blonde, she's trying to be something that she's not. I'm not talking about fashion because I get it. I get when you want to look a little different, you want to look a little exotic. Hell, I like my hair pulled. So I need some hair. Right now, I got an afro and it's braided up under these tracks. That's different. I'm not trying to be something other than I am. And the truth of the matter that I want to get to our black sisters and brothers, no matter what hue you are, I don't care if you paper brown, paper bag brown, or you look like two minutes past midnight. Every time someone sees you in this world that we live in, you're black. You can call it African-American. You can say I'm Afrikaans. You can say I'm Jamaican. If you are not Caucasian, you are black in this world. Even there are subcultures inside of our culture who have gotten comfortable disassociating with each other just purely because of skin tone. And if you can do that to your own people who see you, like I see you, and, and damn it, don't you tell me that you see gray because you is not a Doberman Pinscher, you're not a Rockwiler, you don't see none of that shit you talking about. You see black and white or Asian or Italian. You see the same things that I see. Now, I'm not going to judge you according to that. There's a whole difference between respecting what you see. I don't want you to look at me and think anything other than African-American, and I need you to respect me right at that point. I'm not trying to convince you of anything else. If you're a black man who like white women, if you Charlemagne and he ain't no damn God, if you if you black as midnight and you like a, a woman that's Caucasian, just say that. 
Just say, I have a preference for women who are non-African American. Don't try to give credence to that uh, other than that's your preference because I like my men tall. I like their backs to be wide, and I like their heritage to be African American. I like pretty eyes. I love eyebrows. I love all of that. But that doesn't make the quality of the man. Those are just qualifications or characteristics of how I identify him from the next black man. I need you to be more than just some characteristics. I need you to be more than just your hair color. I need you to be more than just a big booty. And if I see one more woman looking behind her back like you doing something because your ass did, like, okay, you got to ass, I got to ass. So big deal. Like what, can you make it talk? No. Can can you drive it to can it drive somebody to school? Can it educate somebody? No. Our children are actually watching these things. And to my boy in New York, that baby is gonna be fine as long as you reassure her with what she is and how she was born that she's gonna be okay. Like I tell my daughter every time I get a chance how beautiful she is, because I really do see that. There are going to be some people in the world who do not see your beauty. I said it earlier, beauty is in the eye of the beholder, but whoever beholds you, as long as you give them more than some superficial stuff, if you have, to, if you can exchange it out, your hair, your nails, your shoes, your clothes, style, all this stuff, that's some bull, okay? That's some stuff that everybody can get in different grades and in different tax brackets. I, I don't, I, I shop at Target. I like Target, I like uh, Walmart, I like all of those places because there are some things that I need that I can afford there and it's not going to break the bank. But if you can go to the, the, the biggest and the most expensive store, you're still covering your body. You're still putting shoes on your feet just like I am. I'm going to need you to have more substance than just some stuff. Because that, that gets old. Listen, this is tonight's show, but on Thursday, baby, we going in again because, you know, they're trying to tell us that soul ties are real and soul, soul ties may or may not be real. Now they're saying that every person that you've had sex with, their DNA somehow reabsorbs into your body. That's some bull to me. I don't know. Now, I'm going to do my little research. But I think it's just a way for you to say, stop sticking. Stop sticking, everybody, when you get in the bed. Stop having sex like that. Like, I need you to stop. Or is it that that's really true and that's why you can't get in a relationship because you boinking everybody on the basketball team? I'm going to need you to choose one and stop messing with everybody. But we're going to end up the show tonight, and I hope you've enjoyed yourself because I have. And we're going to leave you with this song called Beautiful.
Yeah, yeah. 